Hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Brewer. This is the big game, pregame, Illinois. Um, Before we get into that, like always, let's go ahead and do the housekeeping portion. Uh, Some unfortunate news. My YouTube page, uh, the reaction episode for Iowa is going to take a little bit longer than I expected because there were some technical issues with the sound. Uh, So I'm working on that right now. Uh, But go to the YouTube page where or the YouTube channel where I have I'll do a clips episode this time against Illinois because I'm pretty sure we'll win that game. Uh, I know I should do it for all games, but listen, when we're losing, I'm not one to watch. I'm just not. I get real quiet and it's not fun. So we'll do it when we're winning. Um the YouTube Michigan Maniac podcast page or channel, whatever they do, uh, you'll have all the reaction episodes or whatever else I decide to put up there. Uh, towards the end of the season or the beginning of the new season, I'll start doing some hype videos, things like that. Um, also, go to the uh, social networking portion, so the Michigan uh, Maniac podcast fan page on Facebook and Instagram. Very exciting. Uh, go there. We always talk, have a good time. It's just been a wonderful thing. So let's get into the big game pregame, Illinois. Um, well, I don't know this. Uh, before we get into the keys of the game and the actual breaking down, there's some biz that I would like to take care of. Uh, just with the overall health or overall. Uh, State of the Union for Michigan as I see it. Uh, there's some few things that I've been hearing and I've read or whatever. And it it's, it's interesting to say the least. So first one, Harbaugh saying that he believes the offense is getting close to hitting its stride. At first, I thought this was pure lunacy. I thought he uh, has CTE. I really did. I didn't know what to expect from that kind of wacky statement, uh, especially when he's talking about the offense. I mean, our defense woke up. I mean, I think that's official. Uh, when you see what they did to Iowa, uh, that Wisconsin game did wonders for us defensively and it also kind of screwed us offensively, and I'll get to that in a second because it all ties in with this lunacy in which I thought Harbaugh was speaking when he said that we're close to hitting our stride offensively. Now, um, I'll be honest. Like I said, I thought it was crazy. But I heard a theory pushed through another podcast the other day, and that is he's not far off because out of the offense, 10 out of the 11 positions are improving. It's just that the most important position is fucked. It is a lemon. So, I think he's right when he's saying that we're very close to hitting our our stride. Because if he can get Shea Patterson to actually make more than one read, then maybe we can get things rolling. And to be quite honest, I think that Wisconsin game... Um, this is how really would have really screwed us offensively, not because 
uh, exposed of a, a lot of things that we weren't doing right, which it did. And I think we're probably improving in practice because I think Harbaugh's seeing that. But it hurt us because uh, Run DMC, Dylan McCaff, got his head blown off and he's been in this uh, concussion protocol. So just like in 2017, when we lost Brandon Peters and we had to go back to O'Corn, it's kind of what's going on right now because I think Harbaugh made the decision to bench Patterson and then go with McCaffrey because I've always said that Harbaugh uh, made hard decisions with the 49ers and benched Alex Smith for Kaepernick, and I was wrong. I went back and I did some research. He did. He started Kaepernick because he had to. Alex Smith was hurt. And because uh, of how well Kaepernick played in the second week, or the second week he played, Harbaugh had to stay with them. I think Harbaugh made the decision to bench Shea Patterson in that Wisconsin game. Uh, if you noticed, when McCaffrey was in there, the offense started to actually kind of move and do some things. Granted, we were down 35 to nothing. But still... He had a he had a drive going until two consecutive plays. Uh, Wisconsin took his head off, just like Wisconsin took poor Brandon Peters' heart. So once again, Wisconsin fucked us. Uh, but I really do. I think Harbaugh was going to make the pull. He made the he made the decision, and now I think he's hoping uh, McCaffrey comes back and he can knock off the rust soon, and we can get into the McCaffrey era of football. And I mean, you hear these podcasters all the time or uh, the pundits or people, the reporters who are constantly like, well, well, we don't, we don't even know this, that Shea Patterson is obviously the best option we have because we haven't seen much. We haven't seen anything really good from Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton. And I would say to that, we haven't really seen them play. We haven't. We don't have a sample size large enough to say that we haven't seen anything good from either one of those two. I mean, we should at least have a full half of Dylan McCaffrey, and then you can say, well, yeah, then he he's probably not as good as Shea Patterson, or he's just not there yet. That's what, not two drives. You don't get three drives and then people get to say, well, he's probably not as good as Shea Patterson. Sorry, that doesn't work for me. Uh, you can tell, and I've heard people say this and I'm starting to believe it, Shea Patterson doesn't have the it factor. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, he's got the shit factor, but he's nowhere near it. Um, Dylan McCaffrey, though, does. And, and, I mean, you could see it in the first game last season against Notre Dame. When Shea went down with cramping, must have been that time of the month for the poor gal, um, Dylan stepped in. We are losing against Notre Dame. He got the drive moving that initially got us into what, a touchdown or even three points from uh, Notre Dame. I can't really remember. But, I mean, he, he got the offense moving. Same thing with Wisconsin in this last game before he got, you know, destroyed, is he got the offense moving. So I think Harbaugh isn't crazy when he says that he sees that we're getting close to our stride. But here's the main thing, man. If you still have Shea Patterson back there, you don't have anything. 
I mean, the the, the what's his name? Uh, the the safety for Iowa Stone, Geno Stone, came out and said that they had no fear of of Michigan doing anything. They made zero adjustments in the second half. Zero. So you guys should be happy that I see these things and I say them before anybody because I believe that's what was part of my uh, part of my uh, reaction episode conclusion was that you can be aggressive as safeties when you know that the offense is cutting routes at to 10 to 15 yards and nothing's going down the field. And it's true. when you know, And that's another problem with this offensive line and our running game and everything else is that decision-making by the quarterback is faulty. So, therefore, play calling is bad because now the offensive coordinator doesn't trust the quarterback to see any of the right reads, so they got to give him something that he can do. And that's why you keep seeing all the same plays over and over again because Shea is limited in what he can do. So, therefore, Gaddis doesn't have faith in Shea. Then the offensive line can't make holes for the running backs to run through because if you notice in the first part of that game against Iowa, Charbonnet was getting some like seven yards, seven yards, six yards. They were opening holes for him to get really good runs on the first and second times he touched the ball. But as soon as Iowa figured they're not going to test us downfield when that's all we should have been doing since Iowa has such a suspect defensive backfield, um, they could play aggressive. They could put overload the box and force Michigan to beat us. I mean, for, force Michigan to beat them. You know what I mean? Like, you can play aggressive, pull your, your safeties in, because as long as you know that every route breaks at 10 to 15 yards, that's all you got to cover. You don't have to worry about anybody slipping behind. So you can plug up the holes. So that all that wide open field gets clogged up because everybody's now – it's all brought in. It's like in baseball when they know that they're playing somebody who can't hit it past the second baseman. Everybody comes in. That's what that's what we're dealing with here. So all the problems that you see with the run blocking is due because of the quarterback can't make a good decision, can't see anybody wide open. The the play calling same thing. Play caller the OC doesn't trust our quarterback. Our wide receivers are probably getting frustrated because they know they're not going to get any chance to really show what they have got. And I mean, we are wasting more talent than I have ever seen here at Michigan. I felt awful when we saw when when we wasted Devin Funches. When we wasted that talent, that kid was phenomenal and we wasted him with a subpar offensive line and Devin Gardner not I've never been a real fan of Devin Gardner I know some people have been I notice if you're a Devin Gardner fan you're more than likely a Shea Patterson fan I don't know uh I mean it goes it goes to figure right I mean that's quite a comparison um but we wasted Devin Gardner I mean Devin Funchess and we're wasting Nico Collins we're wasting DPJ and we're wasting Tarek Black Tariq Black I mean even Urban Meyer is trolling us and saying that DPJ is the 
the best unknown player you'll ever meet or something like that, something crazy. I don't know the the quote, but it, if even Urban Meyer's like, dude, what? It's just it's frustrating. All because you know things are going the way we need it. Uh, I'm hoping that Dylan McCaffrey gets healthy. He gets back in there because to be quite honest, if we Let's say McCaffrey decaf is not ready to go this week. Um, we probably won't see him until Maryland, and that's three weeks away, four weeks away, and that would be the most ideal time to make the switch because if he's not healthy now, and obviously you're not going to go to Joe, Joe Milton, so we're stuck with Shea Patterson for Illinois, which is fine because he'll – you know, he'll bullshit his way through this game and do all right. Then we have Penn State, Notre Dame. Hopefully, we can win one of those. I'm going to assume we'll probably beat Notre Dame because it's at home and we're a much better team at home. I don't know what this Michigan team's going to look like at Penn State at night during a whiteout. Like I said, the whiteout doesn't really – shouldn't scare them. I mean, I think they're 7-7. Seven and seven. It's not a, It's not like, oh, the whiteout, what are, they're so good. It's not like playing Iowa at night at Kinnick Field. You know, that's a real home field advantage. This whiteout thing is bullshit. It's all, you know, propaganda. It's all, you know, like uh, promotion and, oh, look at us. We can sell white T-shirts. Um, but so I'm hoping we can beat Notre Dame because I don't know what we're going to do against Wisconsin. I'm not Wisconsin, my fault, uh, Penn State. But – so then, you know, then we have to wait for hopefully decaf to be ready to go by Maryland. Then you give decaf the f- whole Maryland game, get him in through the bye week, and then hopefully he's really ready to go against Michigan State for that for the last two games of or the last three games, Michigan State, Indiana, and then Ohio State. And I know everybody thinks Ohio State is this juggernaut. And I mean, you can't deny it. They looked pretty great. But the key, what it looks like to beating Ohio State is that second quarter. If you can, because they're garbage in the first. Michigan State proved it. You can step up, punch them in the mouth, and they don't know what to do in the first quarter because they're kind of filling you out, seeing what they're going to do. Second quarter is when they really make all the great adjustments. After that, they don't seem to do anything really else after that. Third and fourth quarter of that Michigan State game. Um, If Michigan State had an offense... That could have been a much different game, right? Michigan State's just garbage offensively, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, So I'm still not overly impressed with Ohio State, but that second quarter, Ohio State's killing people. They're averaging about 24 points points just in the second quarter alone. So anyways, let's get back to Michigan. So because of the play calling and the play caller that we have currently in Shea Patterson, everything's going awry. I'm telling you it's a simple fix. Once decaf is ready, because I would assume that's what Harbaugh's waiting for, then we're really going to see what Harbaugh was was mentioning or saying when he said that we're almost hitting our stride. And I think that was, if you're reading the tea leaves, he's kind of saying, listen, we're, we're there. We just have to get the right guy behind center. So that's what I'm hoping for. I really do think if decaf is healthy, run DMC will be ready to go and knock off the rust. Hopefully, see, that would be perfect. If Run DMC is healthy this week, this is a perfect knock-the-rust-off type of game. You can put Stinky Shea in for the first half, 
and then second half bring out run DMC, let him figure some out, get get things moving, get the ball rolling. We should have a lead, and have him just win the game, you know. And then that way he's ready, or at least somewhat ready for Penn State the week after. Um, Harbaugh, boo, 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 left it out of the park, boom, run DMC. Okay, I'm checking all my stuff here just to make sure that I hit everything I wanted to. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's pretty obvious now that you re- now that I really think about it. I think Harbaugh was drop was dropping hints about this. So I think Shays as good as done as soon as run DMC's healthy. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't pick Milton. Uh, Milton must not be doing. I don't know. I don't know. I just, you just haven't seen Milton really play enough to know. But I'll tell you, like I said, um, twenty-seven point four QBR. Even Joe Milton with no legs and just even just if he had just ankles and no feet, he'd still be a better quarterback than that than twenty-seven point four. <laughs> and that's I mean that's Shea handling the ball, doing everything he's got to do. So hopefully we can get. John John O'Corn 2.0 on the bench where he belongs, and we'll start moving on. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, Harbaugh hasn't had his own quarterback since he's been to Michigan. Well, take that back. He had Brandon Peters for a couple games. You know, uh, Ruddock transferred from Iowa. Spate, a Hope kid. Uh, then you've got O'Corn transfer from Houston. Brandon Peters for a couple games. Then back to Shea Patterson, and then Shea Patterson. So, um, transfer from Ole Miss. So, the, I think we're there. I think we're getting close. I think our defense is only going to get better. Uh, I'm pretty excited about all that. I can't wait to see what this defense can do. So, before we get into breaking down the game, uh, why don't we go ahead and listen to Anchor. All right. Well, so hopefully uh, they got that that commercial place in the right spot this time. Um, now we're going to go ahead and break down the Iowa team. Now, Michigan, we all know, right? We've been watching. Uh, Michigan actually moved up a few spots in the defense uh, ranking nationally. Offensively, I mean, we're abysmal. We're 94th total offense. Um, again, or no, 96th, my fault. Going up against Illinois, who's even worse than we are at a 104. Um, 82, Illinois is defensively, we're 11. So, right there, 104 to 11. I'm pretty sure we've got, we, we have the athletes, regardless on both sides of the field, to dominate this game. We shouldn't have any real problem doing that. One, uh, you go to their offensive side of the ball with Illinois. Brandon Peters, our boy who transferred, is questionable. Uh, they knocked him out of that Minnesota game. I guess you could really say, man, Brandon Peters is as fragile as you can ever get for a quarterback. And if there's one bad thing you can say about uh, Harbaugh quarterbacks so far, is that they're fragile AF. They are fragile as fuck. Uh, Brandon Peters can has trouble staying healthy. Same with uh, Dylan McCaffrey. But um, then you have to worry about that Reggie Corbin I mean, he's got 382 yards rushing this season, three touchdowns. Okay, I think he's like 6.6 yards per carry. Uh, 
against our defense, our run defense, I don't think he's going to get anything. Cam McGrone in the middle there. Maybe Josh Ross is back by that time, so you can start to see, um, you know, a major change. I mean, you got Ross over Glasgow. Even though people seem to really dislike Glasgow and what he brings to the table, yeah, he's not overly athletic. But in this last game against Iowa, he had nine tackles and two sacks. That's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, against Ohio State, he's going to look like Brandon Watson, which is not good. But, you know, Illinois, if he's out there for the whole game, I don't think it's going to hurt us. Um, then you've got a questionable Travion Sidney, their wide receiver. He's got 16 catches for 132 and a touchdown. Once again, not super impressive. Um you know, Lavert Hill's really hitting his stride now with Dax Hill and Vincent Gray and Amory Thomas. I mean, at every position, we should shut down this team. We should win. This should be a big game for us. We should win some like thirty to nothing, thirty to ten, maybe even forty, forty-two to ten, maybe. I mean, this should be a great, a great win for us. Uh, even a greater confident boost going into that wideout and Penn State. Uh, Illinois really doesn't bring anything. They really don't bring anything that you're going to be excited about. Their running attacks are right. I mean, they're 104th in the nation in total offense. I mean, come on. They don't do anything great. Levy Smith has been tasked with a losing proposition. Not as bad as Rutgers, but still to, to recruit in the Big Ten if you're not a blue chip uh, team like Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, you're going to have a hard time recruiting. You notice I did not say Michigan State because now that Michigan's better, Michigan State stinks. If you don't believe me and if you want to hear a great podcast, go back and look through the uh, RIP Little Brother episode from last season. I break that down beautifully. Everybody seems to love that episode when you listen to it. It's a good time. Good listen. Um, I mean, so really the players that I look to have a great game or actually just players to watch, right? So good game, needs to have a good game, uh, expect what you know what we need to win. One, Shea Patterson, always and forever, right? Until he is throwing peanuts to the wrong people in the, in the stands, we have got to worry about this guy every week. So what does Shea Patterson, how does he fuck up this week? And, do, and what level does he fuck this up, right? Is it a 2? Is it a 10? Does he fumble 8 times? Does he recover 3 of them? What does he do? Does he throw it to the referees instead of the wide receivers? What does he do? And what level does he fuck this game up? And we have to somehow just eke out a 30-point victory or at least score 30 points when we should have scored 60. You know what I mean? Like, where is he going to fuck this up? So Shea Patterson is my number one player to watch. Um, two is the whole Michigan wide receiving core. Does Shea Patterson get it to him? Do they use Nico Collins? What does DPJ do? Do they just throw eighty times to Ricky or to Ronnie Bell like they normally do? Does Tariq Black finally get moving? What's going on? How do we get there? How's that all look? Those are the players I really because we get the wide receivers involved. Early. Now, I'm talking 25-yard routes, 20-yard routes. So, Shea Patterson really squeezing them butt cheeks together and throwing that ball with all his little bodies got to muster. You know, really zing it in there. 
You know, like, watch it. And when I say zinging in there, for Shea Patterson, that's like watching a dead duck fly in the air. It's awful. It's disgraceful. It's gross. Um, then I want to say I had to pick one person, right, who's going to do well. And obviously, you know, you always want to go with the Cameron Groans or Dax Hills now or the, I mean, the amazing Aiden Hutchinson and then Quiddy Pay. I think this week Mike Dana is going to do something. I'm telling you, I got a feeling that he's going to really uh, wreak havoc on, on the uh, Illinois offensive line. I know Illinois is bringing back four starters, uh, but, I mean, if we if we could dominate uh, Iowa's two great tackles, uh, was it Whiff and Jackson, then, I mean, we really can – bring the heat on anybody this year and i i think dana is going to have that there's going to be a lot of nascar package i think and you're really going to see dana do something this week so that would be the three three position or three players or departments that i say watch for this week um obviously the key to victory for us defensively pressure uh if we get turnovers from the pressure, we got to capitalize on those on get points off of those turnovers, um, and just aggressive coverage. Because if you don't have Brandon Peters out there, I don't know who their backup is, but he can't be that great. Um, also, their wide receiver—I think their top wide receiver had only 132 yards receiving. They may have a decent tight end, but. You know, aggressive coverage, right? Really get Vincent Gray in there. Get Daxon Hill. Get Amory Thomas, Lavert Hill. And even then, you don't have to really worry about the, the safeties and just have them play back and make sure nothing gets behind them. Because we're going to stop the running attack, obviously. you got to do that so this way you don't have to worry about getting burned on a play-action pass. Um, so defensively, that's what we got to do, right? you got to take advantage of that uh, Brandon Peters injury. And then... For offense, keys to victories. It's it's basically the same thing. It's like cut and paste every freaking week. Fast start, meaning no turnovers, right? We want to get at, at least try to get some points on the first drive of the game whenever we get that. If we go first, if we don't, whatever. Um, obviously, finding ways down the field, get big plays early, work your wide receivers in, that kind of thing. Uh, and then Shea not being Shea. Maybe he can revert to maybe Shea of last year or Shea uh, at Old Miss. But I guess even if you do a deep dive on Old Miss numbers, he looked great against shitty teams and he looked bad against good. So this Shea should actually be Shea then. Maybe maybe he'll look good because he looked good against Rutgers. And like, I, like we all know, it's Rutgers. I mean, come on. So uh, Illinois is a step above that. Two steps maybe. So, yeah, Shea should probably have a decent game. Um, so, Shea not fucking it all up. Uh, I I really do. I think we win, I want to say, 37-7. I think our defense comes out, makes a statement once again. Um, I think even a really bad Shea Patterson, we can get 37 points. Don't be surprised if the defense maybe returns one to the uh, takes one to the house, or maybe even a punt return, you know, or a kickoff return. Giles Jackson is looking good. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, I have never wished or will wish, I will never wish an injury upon anybody, 
ever. Never, ever would never want that for anybody because I understand how precious time and health is when it comes to major football, right? But I can wish explosive diarrhea. So if Shea just happens to get explosive diarrhea this week, I think we'll be fine. I would be okay with Shea shitting his brains out and, you know, Joe Milton having to come in in the second half. Whatever that may look like. Uh, but, you know, obviously Shea uh, getting healthy and always being happy and all that kind of stuff. But if he had diarrhea, I don't think that hurt anybody. Um, so massive explosive shits. And then maybe we get a new era of Michigan football. Because as soon as the offense gets a quarterback they believe in, watch the play calling open up. Watch the wide receivers start to play harder. Because I really do. I, I sometimes see Nico Collins look at Shea Patterson with this motherfucker here. Like, you could almost see it on his face. Like, every time he catches that ball, he's like, see, this is what I fucking do. He's like screaming to the NFL, look at me. Don't forget who I am. Because this motherfucker here is going to ruin my career. And that's what's basically going on. So hopefully with this bad case of diarrhea that uh, Patterson will get, um, maybe we can start changing some things and really start this this ball rolling or keep it rolling and really get some speed going. Um, but guys, that's it. Uh, I'm going to do uh, once again. I'm going to do a whole the big games of the Big Ten coming up on another episode. I want I kind of want to get more episodes in in a week for you guys. You know, really kind of. Uh, get my ball rolling a bit, you know, get some more listenership, some more downloads and kind of really boost, uh, the popularity of this show. So once again, guys, if you can, um, before I go, please, whatever platform you, uh, listen to rate and review, uh, five star, one star, whatever I can take it. Um, and if you do with obviously with every good review, just DM me, on Instagram or send me a message on the Facebook fan page and I will go ahead with your name and your address and I will send you a free sticker. I mean, you can't beat it, man. They're good quality stickers and if you want, show it around town. Take some pictures. Uh, you know, show wherever you live the Michigan Maniacs is a real thing and that we're the best podcast in town or just in the nation when it comes to our Michigan Wolverines. So, guys, uh, Michigan wins 37-7. I'm going to go with 37-7 with an impressive win by our defense. Uh, key player Mike Dana this week. Uh, offense, I wish I could say there's going to be one, but as long as uh, Shea uh, fumbles Patterson, Shea disappointment to football Patterson, uh, I should be the concession stand master. Shea Patterson is still our quarterback. I can't predict a great offensive player or player of the week for them because there is no player of the week when Shea Patterson uh, is dookie. So just, I mean, his performance is dookie. Like I always say, he's probably a great kid, and he looks like he's a great kid. He has a very smushable face, but I'm talking more about his performance, and his performance is pure shit, pure and utter shit. Cannot play the game of football. Should have gone and played baseball for the Rangers, or should have just gone into the NFL draft last year. He really, he really shit the bed. He really is the fart in the elevator 
for us this season. So um, I can't pick an offensive guy. So defensive player Mike Dana. We win 37-7. to uh, Somehow, magically, we get 37 points. Don't really know how we're going to do that. Uh, but, guys, let's all pray that DMAC run DMC, a.k.a. the white skinny hope, right? Uh, Christian's younger brother, whatever you want to call him. Let's hope he's healthy and ready to go for this week. Or weeks to come. Or hell, man, let's hope Joe Milton uh, does something this week in practice that really impressed Harbaugh. Because I would love to see that kid out there, too. I really have a lot of faith in everybody who isn't Shea Patterson. Do you have, is the ball boy, have, like, the water boy. Remember the water boy, that movie? Well, do we have a water boy? An offensive version. Because I think Michigan in that movie had a, the towel boy. Is the towel boy any good? Can the towel boy throw more than 20 yards downfield? Because if he can, let's Ben Shea Patterson for that kid. Anybody. I can I can throw and have a better quarterback rating than 27.4. Anybody can do it. So, with that being said, guys, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever. Go Blue.